We just saw this video Pastor Steve read, and we just read the last words that Jesus had said, and that might sit really heavy with you as we reflect on the sacrifice that Christ made for us. I'm reminded that he not only had physical pain and torture in his life, but he also had spiritual pain as he, as he brought on the sin for us and the wrath of God upon him. Christ calls out and says, Father, God, why have you forsaken me? He doesn't call him Father at that point because he's been separated from God when he dies because of all the sin. And God says, I can't be a part of that sin. And that makes me feel uncomfortable. And maybe it makes you feel uncomfortable and awkward to remember that. And then we show up here on a Friday night and we said, come out to a good Friday service and we ask you to remember the pain that our Savior went through. And I'm like, why in the world is that good that our hero has died, but we know that he offers us hope eventually? And when Christ was on the cross, there are people there who laughed at him. They mocked him. They scoffed at him. I don't know if you've ever had somebody mock you before. It doesn't feel good. It hits you down in the soul. And instead of Jesus lashing out, He doesn't have rage. He doesn't have anger. He doesn't want vengeance on these people. He looks back at them with love and compassion because they have no idea what actually needs to happen because this had to happen. And he offers them hope in the days to come. You see, Christ had to die. And when he said it was finished, he had submitted himself up to fulfill the new covenant that was foretold in the Old Testament. He completed his earthly ministry, but he didn't say, hey, I've forgiven you. Now figure it out on your own. He fulfilled that covenant right there. And on this Good Friday, I don't know if about you, but I know the story. If you're here, I'm sure you know the story of Christ dying on the cross for our sins. And then we celebrate Easter Sunday and the hope and the future. But I open my phone And I'm like, man, it doesn't look too hopeful out there, and I just want to close it right now. And I'm like, how can I celebrate Good Friday when nothing really feels that hopeful right now? You see, I think as humanity, as human beings, we long for a hero in our life. We long for the movies that we watch that have heroes in them, the books, the comics that we read, the TV shows, because we know that the world sometimes feels hopeless, especially right now in our lives. And if we can escape this reality into a make-believe land where we know the hero conquers the world and saves the day, we feel a little bit better. But this hero in this story, this savior has died and heroes aren't supposed to die. They're supposed to just save the day and everything's supposed to be okay. But this hero had to die on this day and it wasn't an easy sacrifice that Christ did. He's when he was in the garden the night before with his disciples. He gathers them and the count of Matthew says, stay here and I'm going to go pray. And that's a beautiful picture of the gospel of what he provides for us. You see, we don't have to do anything for Christ to save us. Christ said, hey, stay right here and I'm going to go do what needs to be done and take care of it. Sometimes we would rather be the hero ourselves. We would rather be the David that slays the Goliath. In reality, we're just the Israelite watching and God's slaying, Jesus is slaying the Goliath for us. 
because we don't have to do anything. And just that verse right there is a beautiful picture of who Christ is for us. But then it still wasn't easy because he knew for the, next, for the last 33 years what was going to happen. He knew what had to happen on the cross. But he still cried out to God, God, take this cup from me. Is there any other way? The cup represented the wrath that was going to be poured out on Christ, Jesus. And he said, is there any other possible way that we can save humanity besides me experiencing all the wrath? And there isn't. There was no way, and he had to make the ultimate sacrifice to offer us hope in a hopeless world. You see, the wages of sin was death, it talks about in Romans. That was our other option. Other options that we just die. But Christ offers us eternal life with the free gift of his sacrifice. And we were in need of a Savior. And as I was remembering this Holy Week, this Good Friday, I was amazed that Christ would die for me. As I was just preparing and thinking about that, I'm like, man, God, I'm really messed up in the head. And for some strange reason, you wanted to die for me because you loved me. And he wanted to do that for you as well. I want to take a look at some, some leaders in Scripture that had sins because maybe you're sitting here and you're like, man, you don't even understand the sin that I deal with, the sin that I have in my, in my heart and my mind. There was no way God actually forgave me. Look at this. You see, Cain killed his brother Abel. Noah, after the, the flood and it was on the ark, and he said he was righteous, he got drunk and slept with someone. Abraham lied to the king about his own wife. Moses struck the rock and was denied entry into the promised land. Jonah disobeyed God's commands. Paul persecuted others and killed Christians. Samson gave in to life's temptations. David slept with Bathsheba and then ended up killing her husbands. Gideon lived in his insecurity because he didn't think he could lead. And Peter, I love Peter, but he had a temper. And Christ died for those men. And we sit here in our own depravity and our own sin, and Christ died for us as well. You see, I'm sure some of us may struggle with some of those sins that those men experienced, those men dealt with. Those sins, well, it's what happens in us. And Christ died for them and he dies for us. In Romans 5, 6, it says, While we were weak at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person. Though for perhaps a good person, one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us. That while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He died for the ungodly godly. He died because we were sinners and we needed a savior. It was the only way. And I love how David wrestled with his sin. David, after he realized what had happened, after he realized that he had slept with another woman and he had a, a child was coming, he wanted to fix it. And he's like, I can fix it on my own. I'll have this guy come home from, from war and he'll sleep with his wife and, and then everything will be okay. And the guy said, no, I want to go back to, back to battle with my men. And David decides to kill him. And David wrestles with this and he understands that there's sin in his life and I think he understands what forgiveness meant. He cries out to the Lord in Psalm 51, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and 
And take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore me with the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. Then I will teach my transgressors your ways and sinners will return to you. Deliver me from your blood guiltlessness, O God, O God of my salvation, and my tongue will sing aloud of your righteousness. You see, I think David understood what it meant to be forgiven and it started with a clean heart and the only way he could get a clean heart was through God. And God didn't send his son to die on the cross so that we could just be forgiven and he could forget about us and we can go deal with it on our own. And then we figure out life on our own. And I think David understood that because he said, restore to me the joy of your salvation. Restore to me the joy that I used to have before I fell into this sin. Restore to me who you are in my life. And then David couldn't keep that to himself. He later on then says, I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will return to you. He said, I'm not keeping this good news of what Christ can do and how Christ can save us just to myself. And he spends the rest of his days rejoicing and forgiving and loving others. See, Christ came to earth and he knew no sin, but he had to take on all of the sin of the world so that we could have the righteousness of God on us. And that night when Christ was, was died, he was pierced and he gave up his spirit. The veil was torn. And it would have been the night during Passover when people were going to the temple. And they were bringing their offerings to the temple. When that veil was torn, I'm sure they saw it and they understood, oh, now I have direct access to God. The holy priest doesn't have to go behind the temple to talk to God. We have direct access to him. And as we, we invite our last reader out tonight, we'll have our, our closing remarks on the account of Christ's death. And we'll close in a song and we'll leave in here in silence. And we'll leave reminded that for a time there was no hope, but Sunday morning the tomb was empty. And there was hope that morning. But... Even though there was no hope on that day, but the cross offered us is freedom. The cross offered us freedom from our own depravity, from our own sin and the bondage of sin. And my prayer, my hope for us is that we can live freely in God's kingdom, free of sin, because Christ still continues to stand for us, to intervene for us saying, I've died for them so that they can be free with me. God not only gave us hope, but he gave us freedom to live with him, and we invite others to do the same. And we, I ask the question, why do we even call this Good Friday? Why do we call something like this good? It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good to remember Christ's sacrifice. But in the death of Christ, there is goodness. There is freedom and there is hope to eventually come. And that's why we get to celebrate and remember this, the freedom that Christ offers us and our own sin, that we should wrestle with it. Christ said, I've already forgiven it. I've paid the ultimate sacrifice for you. You see, if, if God didn't die, if Christ didn't die, we wouldn't be able to even live. And he says, I want you to live. I want you to live with me freely. Let's pray. God, we... I'm in awe that you sent your son to die for me in my own sin and you took it upon, he took it upon himself. I said, I forgive you. I'll stand in between. 
God and his wrath for you. And you've forgiven us so that we can live freely with you and I ask that we just understand that we're free from the sin, we're free from the bondage, we're free from the shame that we may feel because of you and your sacrifice. And I can't thank you enough for that. In your name, amen.